Welcome to Gateway Church Wirral Online. We're so delighted that you're with us this morning. So great that you can be a part of our live streamed gathering. Just to welcome you to this space and what we're all about. Um, to say that we as a church, we're all about seeing people meet with God, encounter him for all his goodness and his grace and for lives to be changed by him. As a church, we want to see a world transformed, made better and better through every life transformed by the grace of God. So our hope and our prayer for you today, meet with Jesus in the things that we're saying, in the things that we're singing, in the way that we're opening up the word of God, which is alive for us today. We want you to know Jesus, know that he loves you, know that he has a plan for your life. And as we're going through our gathering this morning, do please connect with us here in this live stream space. You can fill in our connection card. The tab, I think, is at the top of your screen. Request prayer if you'd like to. There are great, friendly people who would love to pray with you. And do just connect with us in any and every way that you'd love to. As a church, we gather. That's what we're about today. When we come to the close of our gathering, I'll tell you how you can connect with us going forward into the week. So have a really great time. Be blessed. Enjoy yourself and enjoy Jesus, we pray. Good, good morning, Gateway Church, uh, both here in the building and online. Um, it's wonderful to be able to gather together um, in this way and uh, to recognize together. We're proceeding through the season of Advent. Um, it's a time of preparation, isn't it? And um, just as the carol says, let every heart prepare. Let every heart prepare. And we want to prepare room in our hearts for Christ. We have this invitation that we can be part of the preparation of this world for Christ. And we ought never to diminish the, uh, the size, the possibility of the call of God upon our lives. We're going to be continuing this morning um, through the story of God. More on that later. Worshipping God as we contemplate His coming into this world and encountering God. Whether we're here in this building or at home, uh, this is our dearest hope and our, our deepest prayer. Um, I, I suppose um, most of us, we're, we really are starting to think about Christmas now. It is coming, and um, it will give you uh, probably no surprise whatsoever that I'd like to talk a little bit about Christmas food. Would anyone else like to talk about Christmas food? Amen. Oh, good. I'm glad there's a few of you. Um, Christmas food, it's a thing that unites us, I think, uh, but it's a thing that can also separate us. Um, there are advocates of the whole turkey, advocates of the turkey crown or the turkey breast joint, some advocates, strange as you may be, of the goose. Um, do you have any goose people in here today? Um, none whatsoever. Um, and then there's some folks who's like, do you put the, the stuffing in the turkey or is the stuffing on the outside? I'm sorry, that was a bit graphic, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> on the outside of the turkey, um, how do you do your potatoes? Are you a sprout person? Is there yes. anybody here? Is Amen. There? There are a lot of sprout people in the building this morning. Maybe that's why the rest of you didn't come. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but uh, there are all sorts of, all sorts of different things that, that unite us or divide us over the, the Christmas kind of process. Of course, we know at the very heart of it, Christmas is not about our food preferences. Um, really, it's not. Christmas is more about the, the, the gathering and the... The remembering and the celebrating and the enjoying and the, the being inspired by the presence of God that we might go uh, from Christmas to do the work of Christmas. You know, there's something else that sometimes we can uh, allow to unite us or divide us, something that we can say about our own personal preference and, and sometimes let that kind of get in the way. And that, that can be church. 
And we can make it about whether we uh, want to, to sing or we resent not singing. We can make it about whether uh, the, the team have done the right songs. I can state categorically they, they are going to do the right songs today. You need not worry. Um, we can make it about which preacher we prefer or whether he's gone on a bit too long or not. We can make it about who we sit with or who we don't sit with and all of these kinds of things. But Jesus invites us not to consume the church, but to be the church. Jesus invites us, and most particularly in this season of darkness and lack of hope, he invites us to be the light of the world. And do you know what? Jesus knew a thing or two about being the light of the world, didn't he? Oh, sorry, you can talk to me. Jesus, the light of life, has come into this world, and so he commissions us to be light in the world. And we want to remind ourselves this season, Jesus has made it about us so that we don't have to make it about us, so that we can make it about others, those around about us. And this Christmas as a church, we're inviting us all to, well, to go beyond ourselves. And over this Christmas time, you'll know, uh, through Love Christmas, we're inviting everybody to, to make a contribution, to contribute financially. You can do that through the normal channels, but to give of ourselves. You've had the invitation probably a thousand times by now that you can be Santa for a senior. And a few of you want to do that, but I hope and pray there'll be rather more. You've had the invitation by now uh, that, that many of us, we can be a part of packing and distributing hampers for those uh, families around and about us in these communities who, who, who do need us. Uh, and I hope, I, again, a great number of contributors want to be a part of that, but, but there's room for more. Your transformed communities, I know many of them, they're finding ways that they can reach out and touch and, and bless those around them. I would urge you once again, be a part of these things. Church, our faith, our gathering, this body, it's not about what we're receiving. As we know that we have received everything, don't we? Are you not confident in that? Are you not comforted by that? You don't need to work at it. It's done, it's given, it's complete, it's yours. Well, we get to go in these truths, in this grace, in this power, in his presence, for his glory, for the good of those around us. And I urge you again, would you love Christmas in this way? Can we love Christmas in this way? Come on, church, here, would you stand with me at home? Would you stand with me? We're wanting to really just uh, go after God this morning and, and to celebrate what he has done in our lives. But in doing so, allow the Spirit of God to speak into your heart. What will you do? How will you go? What of these things that I have mentioned, will you say, yes, I'm going to get into that. I'm going to be a part of that. I'm going to give. I'm going to serve. I'm going to go. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have come to us. Oh, this morning, we thank you that you have come to us. Jesus, this morning, we thank you that you have come to us. Lord Jesus Christ, we recognize that, well, we weren't much to come to. There's a way, isn't there, that we were a bit like a, a meager stable and a, a manger of hay. It's not the most delightful or wondrous thing, but you came. And that's what our lives look like, that meager, not so lovely, but you have come to us because of you, not because of us, because of your goodness, not because of ours, because you are God and we would do well to acknowledge it. And Jesus, we pray, oh God, I pray that today you would captivate our hearts with the light of your life, that God kindle again, fire again 
our lives to be the light of the world. You've told us we are this. So God, let us not pretend otherwise. Let us live it. Empower us, we pray. Move in us, we pray. God, let this time be a time of encounter, of inspiration, of encouragement, of growth. Lead us in your way, we pray. Amen. Good morning. You can take a seat now. It's so good to see you here in the building, and it's so good to see that so many of you have joined us online as well. Good morning. Now then, that song fits perfectly. It's like they planned it because this morning we are on our third week of Advent, and we've had... What so far? What was our first one so far? What's our first week of Advent? Pardon? What's our first one? Put it in the chat if you can remember, kids. Can you remember? What was it? Hope. Well done, Pastor Karen. It was hope. And then last week you were rubbing your hands together, you had the friction, but Jesus can bring you peace. And this week we're looking at joy. So, I've got some balloons. Hopefully, you've joined us at home with your balloons as well. And hopefully, you've drawn a big smiley face on your balloon. And this balloon is going to represent happiness. Because, you know, sometimes we get confused between happiness and joy, don't we? We think they're pretty much the same thing. And so, we, we use the words interchangeably. We think happiness, joy, same thing. But actually, they're not. And we're going to learn this morning how they're not actually the same thing. They're a bit different. So, this is my happiness balloon. Look, we've got a big smiley face really happy and that's how we look when we feel happy and I've got another balloon down here looks pretty much the same this is joy big smiley face because again when you're full of joy you might smile look pretty happy and that's why on the outside happiness and joy do look the same and that's why we get them confused but it's what's inside these balloons that's different because it's what's inside of us that's different between happiness and joy. Now, happiness is a response to things that happen in our life. So maybe somebody says something nice to you and that makes you feel happy. Or maybe you eat some delicious food on Christmas Day and that makes you feel very happy indeed. Or maybe somebody gets you a present. Maybe Santa's going to bring you presents on Christmas Day. That's going to make you feel pretty happy. Okay, but because our happiness is based on the things that happen around us, that means that when we come across some, some difficult times in our life and we go through trouble and some, some negative experiences, now, we're going to have a candle to represent this. Oh, I'll use these then right here. Okay. Candles, these candles are our Advent candles, representing love, hope, peace, all of these things. Right now, we're going to pretend it represents a bad thing that happens in our lives. Horrible things that might happen. Small, sad things, like you drop your ice cream on the floor. Or really, really horrible, bad things that might happen that we might come across. If you're just happy... (gasps) When the bad things happen, our happiness goes away. We We can't still be happy anymore. Because remember, our happiness was because of the things that were happening around us. Because good things happened and nice things happened, so we felt happy. And it means that when we come up against difficult things, obstacles, sad things, our our happiness goes away. It doesn't stay around. And that's where joy is different. Remember, joy looked exactly the same on the outside. It's got my big smiley face. It looks exactly the same on the outside. But on the inside, it's different. This person's filled with joy. And the joy of the Lord 
And now it says in the Bible that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that's because joy is deeper than happiness. It's bigger than happiness. It's better than happiness. And the joy of the Lord is our strength because look what happens. If you've got joy and you come up against bad, sad, nasty things in life, problems... Our joy cannot be taken away from us. We stay joyful. That's why the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because no matter what we go through, it is the joy of the Lord that gets us through. It cannot be taken away from us. But still some people think that our joy can be found in, in, in other things. And yes, some things might bring you a little bit of happiness. So let's just have a look here. This time you're not a balloon, you're a bottle. So, maybe certain things make you happy and you get confused between, between that and joy. Favor, is it stressing you out that this is in the way? Shall I see? I know how cameras work. Can you see? Okay. So, <laughs> we've got our big bottle here. This bottle is you. Okay. And things happen in your life that you think brings you joy. So, you thought that all that lovely food brought you joy. Okay. So, fill that in. Fill that up. Are we full? Are we full? No. Okay. So maybe instead, or maybe you got some new toys. Okay. There we go. Let's just fill that up there. Are we full of joy? No. Okay. Okay. Don't worry. We've got some more things that might make us happy. Okay. What, What makes us happy? Shout out something that makes you happy. Oh, Jesus, that is great. I love that. Yes. But save that for later. Okay, chocolate. I heard chocolate as well. Chocolate makes us happy. Okay, let's put in lots of chocolate in there. Here we go. Ooh. Fill it right up. Are we full? Oh. It's not going to satisfy us, all of these things that we can try and that we think bring us joy. They don't. It just brings us happiness that, that goes away like we saw. And we're never full. We're never full of joy because joy, real deep joy comes from who? Jesus. It comes from Jesus. It's the joy of the Lord that we were talking about that is our strength, isn't it? So let me get some Jesus. There we go little cup of Jesus. Let me give Jesus a mix. Jesus is settled. <laughs> we just mix them up there. That's great. Okay, he looks better now. Okay. I've got my little cup of Jesus. And I'm not, do we think that's going to fill us up? And sometimes we think about that with Jesus. We think, well, what's so special about Jesus? He's just a guy. Doesn't look that special doesn't seem that special. He's not going to fill us. What? Jesus, this guy that keeps settling. <laughs> Let's see if he can fill us up. Let's pour that in. <gasps> Look! And he doesn't just fill us. 
The joy of the Lord keeps coming. It overflows. It doesn't just fill you up. It overflows from you. It flows out so everyone can see it is more than enough. And that is the true joy that comes from placing your life in Jesus. Amen. I'm going to need some battery support shortly because these ones weren't anywhere near, I'm afraid. In this church, we believe that Jesus gets everywhere. And... Um, we just want to represent that in every which way. Might not want to overthink the theology, though, about Jesus settling, because I don't know about that one. But I think it just gets better and better and better, doesn't it, really? And um, is anybody looking forward to next Sunday in Advent? Yeah? Science experiments extraordinaire. Thank you. Um, we're going to be continuing... Um, in the story of God this morning. And, um, and we're going to be progressing our story as we journey uh, towards Christmas itself, towards our celebration of the nativity of Christ. As you've heard, we, we, we talked about hope, we talked about peace, talked about joy, there's, there's love to come. Um, we recognize we're journeying towards Jesus. I want to ask you this morning, what, what's the trajectory of your life? Where are you journeying? Where are you going? You might think, well, I'm not really going much of anywhere. Can I suggest to you, no human life is entirely static. There might be seasons when it seems like you're going pretty slow. There might be seasons when it feels like you're going far faster than you would like to. But you're going somewhere. You're going somewhere. And the, and the trajectory of your life is probably the, the, one of the most important considerations that you can make for your life. You know, the people that you're connecting with, the people that you're journeying with, they will have an effect upon the trajectory of your life, encourage you or distract from it. The things that perhaps come into our lives that might affect our, our happiness quotient will affect our trajectory. But if we are appreciating and understanding what it is to know Christ as the truest and deepest joy of our lives, if our eyes are fixed upon Him, not the things around and about, then the trajectory of our life will be set and set fair. This is why it's so important for us to know the story of God. Because if we don't really know the story of God, who He is, what He's about, where He's come from, where He's going, because of Him, who you are, understanding where you've come from, but by His grace where you're going, if we don't know the story of God, we're going to get Wouldn't it be lovely if you could just recharge yourself that easily? Does anybody want some fresh batteries right now? Yeah? Ask the guys at the back on your way out and they'll plug you in. I don't know. Um, do you remember um, all the pantos that our church has put on over the years? Anybody miss panto? Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure whether Alex was going to say yes or no. I wasn't sure. But he said yes. Um, you miss panto? Um, what you probably don't miss is Pastor Greg in the panto, um, because I don't think I brought anything to the occasion whatsoever. Um, but what I would remember about the times that I was in the panto was my total inability to correctly remember my lines, and even worse, my abject you know, lack of any ability to do the dance sequences. Um, and, and yet, from what I can remember, every year that I was in the panto, they added another dance sequence every year. 
I think they were just enjoying watching me kind of, you know, teeter on the brink of disaster. And uh, I, I lost track of the number of times that I would be dressed as a, I don't know, a toad or a, a grasshopper or as um, some brassy dame. Um, and, and, and there I would be with my mind going steadily more and more blank as the panto went on, ad-libbing until I landed upon a line, any line, and watching the, the terrified faces of my generally quite young co-stars as they tried to hold it all together for me. Or the times that I would be here on the stage with a, a feather boa wrapped around my neck. Am I horrifying you yet? I'm not sure. And, um, and, and I'd be looking at somebody like, I don't know, Rachel or, or Emma, uh, as they would just easily manage the dance routines, and there would I be about three or four steps behind trying not to trip anyone up or throw them into the audience. I would get lost in the story over and over again. And I would suggest to you it's really very, very easy, particularly easy, dangerously easy for us to get lost in the story of your life this year. You know, like it's a frantic dance number or a gripping thriller with so many twists and turns that it's hard to keep up. You know, we Christians, we can so easily lose sight of the purpose of the meaning of the direction of a godly life. We can so easily get caught up in the fears of a virus or the fears of economic worry. We can so easily get caught up in a longing for comfort, the comfort of normality or whatever that is. I'll say it again, life is about the pursuit of God. That's it. Knowing that he has lovingly pursued us and brought us to salvation, then we are called to journey with him, to journey for him, to journey to him. And we can either be ascending the hill of the Lord climbing with those who also love and long for him, enjoying the delights of a meaningful story of life, or, or we can fool around in the foothills, chasing after each other, pursuing the fleeting mists of this life. The story of God matters because it places us and it purposes us. It shows us the meaning of our life, and overall, it shows us the one who loves us enough to give our lives meaning. The story of God matters because there are so many others lost in the story who need to be found. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. It's what Christmas is all about. And he has done so perfectly. Now, he calls you, and he is calling you, whether you're paying attention or not, he is calling you, and he calls me, who know the joy and the peace of being found by him, to go, to go and to seek the lost this Christmas time, and with all of our lines. And so I guess what I would urge you as we uh, just very briefly take some more of the story of God this morning is, don't fluff your lines. Don't fluff your lines. The Holy Spirit is your prompt. He's whispering them in your ear all the time. You don't need to worry. Don't trip over your two left feet when you're trying to dance. The Holy Spirit is at work in your life crafting the likeness of Christ if you'll only submit to him. You don't need to worry. God does all the hard stuff. He just says, come on, give me what you got. Let's sing. Let's dance. 
Let's make something of this story of life, shall we? This morning, our subject is talking about the mission and the power of God. Having, you know, last week talked about the, 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 the way that the Holy Spirit powerfully comes upon his believers. Well, we're going to talk this morning a little bit about how Jesus then commissions us to make disciples, to be his witnesses. We recognize, I've said that God's doing all the heavy lifting here. Jesus is Lord of the mission. You don't need to be afraid. Disciples, though, people like you and me, followers of Jesus, we wait upon the Holy Spirit. We rely wholly and completely upon Him. And the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, to live in the disciples of Jesus. We're empowered by His presence. The gospel can be preached with boldness and effectiveness. And thousands over the millennia of Christianity, millions, hundreds of millions, have responded, repented, turned away from the life of sin and believe and are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we have a call here in this life, in the story of our lives, to affirm Jesus as Lord by being baptized in community, by living as a family of faith. You know, we've talked about how Jesus came to not only live but to die. And then having died to rise again in glory. And we saw Jesus, didn't we, as the Passover lamb who takes away the sins of the world. That he died in our place for us, taking punishment upon himself so that we might not need to be punished. He came offering forgiveness, not judgment. But we also learned that Jesus taught that people bring judgment upon themselves by not obeying his teaching and his commands. How then do we go from this place? Well, you know, in the weeks that followed Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to his disciples many, many times. And not as some sort of apparition or some sort of, was it, maybe, what about? No, over and over again to groups of people on one occasion, more than 500 eyewitnesses. And it's no surprise is it that quickly the news of the resurrection of Christ spread throughout the land. One of Jesus' disciples named Thomas, he said, I won't believe he is alive unless I can put my fingers in the holes that pierced his hands and where he was nailed to the cross. Goodness. But just a few days later, Jesus appeared to him with the other disciples and said, go on then, <laughs> put your fingers here, feel the hole, put your hand in the wound in my side. I think it's rather good, isn't it, that Thomas, well, instead, he bowed the knee before his Savior and said, yes, Jesus, my Lord and my God. You know, Jesus said, I will bless even more those who haven't seen me in that physical way, but still believe. Do you want to be encouraged? That's you. That's you. None of us have seen Jesus with our natural eyes, yet seeing him by means of the revelation of the Spirit of God, we have believed. And so the blessing of God is multiplied upon us today. Blessed are those who haven't seen and yet still believe. We worship you, Jesus. God, I pray whatever it is that we're seeing this morning in our living rooms or in this church or in this world, in the, our mind's eye when we think about tomorrow, let us see you. Let us see you. 
over all, in all, and in us. Jesus, you are in us, and you are the hope of glory. And so our hearts are thrilled and gladdened again. We will not be lost in the story of this life because you have found us, because you hold us tenderly and powerfully. You fill us with purpose and meaning, and you send us. Jesus, we would go. And so we go in praise this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, God. do a little bit of work together church just uh, we'll stay standing we'll stay praising but you know we just talked just briefly didn't we about the blessing of Jesus that comes upon those who though they have not yet seen still believe we want to ground that and root that of course in our belief in Jesus over and above all things Uh, but I wonder what is it that you're not seeing right now but you can still have faith for what is it that you don't see right now, but you can still believe that Jesus is Lord and he still, he still will do, he still will be? You know, Christmas is coming, isn't it? And as far as I'm aware, no child, no matter what they have seen, has yet actually seen the big red fella. It doesn't stop them believing, does it? And, and you know, because of that belief, isn't Christmas actually filled with a lot more joy and wonder? Yeah? I think there are a lot of lives, and dare I say it, a lot of our Christian lives, that have been somewhat leached of joy and wonder. And we do not yet see, but we can still believe. That's the foundation of everything if you're, a, if you're a follower of Jesus. If you haven't got that, then you haven't got anything. Jesus is coming, but you've not seen him yet, but you still believe, right? So come on, just for a moment or two. What do you not yet see? But you're saying, Jesus, I want to place my belief in you for that yet. Because you still are Jesus. And you still do. So come on here. Can I invite you? Would you lift your hands to Jesus? And at home, do exactly the same. Come on. Get off your couch if you're still on your couch. That won't do you any good. But come on, stand to your feet and raise your hands and and raise your heart. And, uh, you know, in whatever way we feel appropriate, raise our voices. And we say to Jesus, though we do not yet see, we believe. Because our faith is in you, Jesus. And you never disappoint. Oh, Jesus. 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 Oh, Jesus.
Jesus. Oh God. Our trust is in you. Our hope is in you. Jesus. And speak to us that our joy may be full. Oh, Rama and Abbasiri, Jesus, Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, together, one with another, we want to lift up each other's hands. We want to lift up each other's hearts. Uh, you know, God, we're, we're doing this metaphorically. We're, we can't really lift up each other's hands, but please, God, let us be one in this. We want to lift up one another's prayers. We want to lift up the, the aches of one another's hearts and the, the, the cries of one another's songs. Uh, and each and every one we send to you. For God, we know that the prayers of the saints are like a sweet-smelling incense before you. You treasure them, Lord God. And so, Jesus, we say again, Lord God, yet what we do not see, we still believe. Lord God, this has been everything to us, for we have not yet seen your beauty with these eyes, but we know that we will one day. And so, God, from the first moment we encountered you till the day of your coming, we believe and we love and we walk in this way. So Jesus, we pray in the things of today and of tomorrow. God, would you again kindle belief within us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the blessing that you have brought upon our lives because of our faith in you. And God, we ask as we place faith in you again, Lord Jesus, would you bless us? Lord God, bless us, Lord Jesus Christ, in our gathering as your church. Bless us, Lord God, in our going as your church. For we go in faith. Now, just for a moment, church, let's just ponder and consider what does it look like for people of faith to go in the way of Christ? I just want to read to you just a fraction again of the story of God. I'm going to just be a couple of minutes and we're going to come again in worship. So maybe if you stay, would that be all right? Let me read the story to you. Soon after that, Jesus said to his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. That's a good place for an amen. amen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations all over the world. Baptize these new disciples in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the fullness of the identity of God. Teach them to obey all the commands I have given you and to walk in my ways. Be sure of this, Jesus said. I am with you always. That's another good place for an amen. Even to the end of the age, God's Spirit will come. Just as the prophets have promised, giving you peace, leading you in truth and empowering for the mission, I am sending you on. And Jesus ascended to glory as they watched him. And he went right up through the clouds and promised he would come again. 
you know, just a little while later, a group of around 120 of those Jesus followers, including his closest disciples, they gathered to pray together again in Jerusalem because they cared about gathering and they cared about prayer. And all of a sudden, they heard a loud sound like a roaring windstorm that filled the house where they were meeting. All of them were filled with God's Spirit and started speaking in languages not their own. They went out into the street. They began to tell the people all about what Jesus had done. The roaring sound that was heard there then was heard throughout the city, through these folks, a large crowd that gathered outside the house to see what was going on. At that time, Jews from all over the world were living in Jerusalem. When the people heard Jesus' followers speaking, they said to themselves, how can this be? They're from Galilee, but they're speaking all of our languages. This is a wonder. One of Jesus' disciples, Peter, stepped forward and boldly explained to the crowds what was happening. He said, this is part of God's prophecy being fulfilled in our day. We are eyewitnesses of the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. He is the true Messiah. Peter explained to them how Jesus had fulfilled everything the prophet said about the Messiah. He told the crowd this, each of you must turn from your sins and turn to God. In Jesus, you will find forgiveness. He is the final sacrifice for everyone's sin. This is God's new covenant offered not just to the Jews, but now also to anyone who wants to be part of God's family. Thousands believed that day. They believed, they repented, they put their trust in Jesus, they turned from their sin to follow Jesus and walk in the way of God. They were baptized, they became part of God's family. Once again, empowered to live out God's promise to be a blessing to all people. You know, God's new covenant wasn't written on tablets of stone like before, but on the hearts and the minds, the lives of his people, so they would always know how to live in his ways. You know, these followers of Jesus, they were deeply committed to God and each other. Nothing would stop them investing in one another. Not the threat of death itself would stop them from loving one another. They shared everything they had. They prayed for one another. They learned God's ways together. They helped those in need. All with great joy and generosity, daily they ate together to honor and remember Jesus' life for them. They saw God do amazing things through them, miracles, healing, and he added to their number day by day by day. This is the beginning of what the Bible calls the church. I don't know what you've thought the church to be, but this is what the Bible calls the church. It's a community of people all over the world, but communities of people very particular in places with one another because of Jesus. And once again, enjoying a life that is full and complete, close to God, the way God always intended it to be. I just want you to consider, you know, again, look, this has been a season where much has been stripped away. And look, God might have been pruning things out of our lives, and that's a good thing. But there's a chance, I would say there's a good chance, that we've lost a little bit of what it really means to be the church of Jesus Christ. That we've been so distracted by our circumstances that the happiness has leached away. And truth be told, there hasn't been sufficient of the joy of his resurrection. There hasn't been sufficient of the joy of his empowering presence through the Spirit. There hasn't been sufficient of the joy of devotion of the church. Come on, right now. 
right now, can we go after God? Can we go after God? Can we say, fill us again, Spirit? Fill us again, Spirit. Would you empower us to be the church? Not some weak and partial version of it, but the devoted people of God. Devoted to one another. Devoted to Him. Devoted to His purposes in the world. Come on. We're going to be led in song now. And wherever you are, lift your heart, lift your hands to Jesus. And say, I am yours. And God, again, I want to go after you. I want to go after you. Thank you, Jesus. Church. This is a, a wonderful story. This is a wonderful story. And as we've just been enjoying uh, in the words of this song, uh, the breath in our lungs, the story of God uh, being so close to us, even in us, as is a restoration of closeness to God, His Spirit in us, empowering us with boldness. And, you know, in the song there, there's some of the prophetic imagery of, of dry bones coming to life again. Now, this is a wondrous story. It is a wondrous story. Uh, look, church, I, I want to conclude this morning. And, and you know, you, you're going to need to go away and, and connect with your transformed communities. Unpack these themes. And maybe in your communities this week, you'll share communion together. We're, we're not going to do that this morning. Be with your transformed communities. Don't make excuses. When you unpack these things, you're really going to have to eyeball one another. And maybe in the mirror you can eyeball yourself and say, look, are we really entering into this story? Or are we losing our way, losing our place in the story? You know, because of fear or a misplaced desire for comfort, are we missing the best that God has for us? missing the chance to speak his grace into our world. Look, the Bible tells it like this, 2 Timothy 4 and verse 5. As for you, always be sober-minded, end your suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. It's not either or. It's if the suffering, push through. God is with you. And do the work. Be the church. Here's the promise of God, Psalm 27. And again, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. What is the call of God upon us? Do the work, fulfill the ministry. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. If you lose your way, find fear and comfort rather than goodness and courage. The nativity story, it is writ large with fear and comfort. Think about those shepherds on a hill. The angels come, don't they? And what do they have to say to those shepherds startled? Don't be afraid. It's writ large with comfort. When the, the wise men see the star, they have to abandon their comfort to journey, don't they? Difficult journey. When they come to Jerusalem, what do we hear when the message comes to Herod? He was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him because they preferred the comfort of there not being a new king. Think about the precious disturbance of the comfort of Mary and of Joseph and how beautifully they responded to Jesus coming to them. Their whole world turned upside down, but they surrendered their comfort and were not afraid 
what is marking your decision making in this season? Look, I get there are some of us, and, and we need to be extra careful, extra, extra careful. It's not right for some of you to gather in this church. It's not right for you to put yourself out and about into the community and do various things. But that's a, a very small number. It's very small. My fear is, and this is perhaps the only fear that I would entertain, is that too much of our decision-making is marked by what is most comfortable for us or too much is marked by the fears that have grabbed a hold of our hearts. And dare I say it, not even fears, but anxieties of things unknown. When I look at the nativity story, I do see fears all around and about, and many having their comfort disturbed. And yet, you know, those who would, as it were, have Jesus born in them, they surrender their comfort. They hear the word of God telling them not to be afraid, and they heed the word of God. Only I see maybe a Herod and his stooges whose fear perverts them to the extent that they want to put Jesus to death, to quiet this new coming into the world. I want to ask you, and this is a very hard way for me to put it, but I want to ask it nonetheless. This Christmas time, by means of faith and courage, is Jesus being born again in your life? And because of you, is he being born again in this world? Or, by means of fear and comfort, is Jesus being put to death in your life and being put to death in this world? And I say it that bluntly because I think that is the most biblically correct way to put it and the most helpful way for us. Either Jesus will be born again in this season or his presence in our life will diminish. I'm not, I'm not talking about your salvation. That's between you and God. But is Jesus being born again in you or is fear and comfort putting his presence, the evidence of his presence to death in you? God commands us to endure this present suffering, to take heart, to be of good courage, to not be afraid. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we sing all the earth will shout your praise. is the only thing that we're doing about that prophetic truth, that hoped-for reality, is the only thing that we are doing, singing the words. <clears throat> or are we living the truth? Those of us here in this building, we, you know, for the most part, we can't sing the words. Maybe when they're absent from our mouths, maybe they might be yet more present in our hearts. God, you have said that your perfect love will cast out fear, and yet sometimes we cling on to it.
when you were presented at temple. The eagerly waiting prophet said that you would come to bring a sword and pierce, and yet we want to be comfortable. Lord Jesus, today, 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 let us give up fear. Let us give up comfort. Let us enter fully this story of wonder. Let us enter again the stable. Let Christ be born in us again today. Let us not by means of fear or comfort put you to death in any way. Our sin once did that. Jesus, we would not sin again. Let us be of good courage. Let us endure suffering. Let us do the work of an evangelist. Let us minister, fulfill our ministry. Let us be so committed to one another that the mark of the Spirit will be evident upon this church. Let us be so committed to those around us that the mark of the Spirit will be taking us into our world. Jesus. Jesus. Let those of us who have an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to us. And let, let us submit and act accordingly. For your glory we pray. Amen. Amen. I think we'll probably be led out in, in a song to conclude. Uh, to let you know as well, uh, you'll be aware that our drive-in church has had to be um, changed. Um, very sadly, the venue pulled the plug on us at the last minute. Um, and so we don't have our drive-in church, but we do have next Sunday evening at 6.30 here. And if the weather holds around and about, um, will be something that we hope and pray will be a very special celebration of the coming of Christ. And I would urge you, um, check out the links. We send them out to you about 357,000 times for everything that we do. Um, so make sure you do check them out. Book yourself in. I know it's not quite the same, but if you wish, bring a horn and honk it to the fullest, uh, and we'll recreate the fun. Um, we're going to celebrate Jesus. Amen. And my hope and my prayer is that it will just spark something within us as we journey towards Christmas. So do that. Do please connect with the Love Christmas um, that we've been uh, urging you uh, to connect with you. All you need to do is give and then text senior or family to the church prayer lines. That simple. If you've not had a chance to do that, do that. And then journey with your transformed community. Let Christ be born in us. Amen. Thank you. Once again, it's been such a delight to be able to share together as a church this morning. And uh, we know uh, that taking what God has been doing in our lives, we can go and have wonderful weeks with him. Just to um, invite you um, to journey together with one another as we go through the week. We as a church, we don't just gather, but we get going into what God has for us together. And we have these things called transform communities. We would love to help you to connect with other like-minded people who are exploring God's goodness and grace and seeing how they can be a part of his transforming work in the world. So again, hit us up, get in touch. We'd love to help you to connect. Anything that you need, any prayer requests, do let us know. And we'll love to see you again this time next week. God bless you and bye for now.